0: It's episode time, motherfuckers. What up, what up, what up? This is your man, Dre Day. And you are tuned into a brand new episode with Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. This episode here, we're going to get real, real interesting. Um, Odell Beckham is no longer a New York Giant. Uh, He's been traded to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm going to speak on that. And I'm also throwing some um, shit that I have a problem with, with the Giants as it pertains to that move. Um, I'm going to speak on a serious situation in the NBA with, uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, he just had basically two times within three weeks, you know, he's had an incident, you know, with a fan, um, at a basketball game. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to speak on that and what, you know, the NBA should do, as it pertains to protecting their players. I'm going to speak on that. Um, and I'm also going to speak about the Golden State Warriors and their struggles right now. Um, their last 10 games, they've lost six of their last 10. Um, you know, you know, I'm going to dig deep and I'm going to speak on that as well. But uh, first, let me get to what I was first about to speak on. And that's about Odell Beckham Jr. no longer being a New York Giant. Um, very interesting. Um I was at work and uh just got a bunch of emails, got texts from people. Uh my boy Squint hit me up and hit me up on Instagram. He DM'd me and told me about the trade and I was like, "Wow, like my head just dropped because I couldn't believe that the Giants actually went with this move." Um for those who don't know, you know, pretty much all This offseason so far, the rumor was going around that the Giants were looking or they were exploring the possibility of trading Odell Beckham Jr. Now, the problem with this situation is this. Well, besides what I'm going to say later, but the situation with Odell is this. This man bust his ass on his rookie contract. Granted, he had his diva tendencies and all that shit. We all can remember the the issue with Josh, Josh Norman. We all can remember him getting the shit rocked out of him by the field goal post on the, uh, the sidelines. Um, him throwing tantrums on the sidelines. We know all of that. But the one thing we can't say, the one thing we cannot say about Odell is his passion for football. Um, is he a diva? Absolutely. Wide receivers are divas. Let's just call it what it is. Probably the only, probably the only two receivers at this time, off the top of my head, that I can't think of that are, well, actually three that are in divas is Julian Edelman, Julio Jones, and Larry Fitzgerald. Any other wide receiver that you can think of are divas because of the numbers that they put up. You know what I'm saying? So it, it you know, it comes with the territory. You charge it to the game. But back to Odell. He played through his whole rookie contract. He was hell-bent on getting an extension. He got an extension this past season. And then the season immediately afterwards, the Giants trade him. Now, during this whole NFL combine, the Giants general manager, I can't think of his head off 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 the top of my head, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, said that how we did not sign Odell to trade him but that's exactly what you did within one year of his contract within within one year of his new contract you went off and you traded this man you traded him to the cleveland browns well guess what that's a good move by them that's a very beautiful move for the cleveland browns um but the giants they also get a first and third round pick and they also get Drabil peppers who used to play for the university of michigan with odell beckham's talent the Giants can at least say they went out there and got a first round pick because with his talent you definitely got to go out there and get a first round draft pick. Now, back to let's get let, let's get to Cleveland first because Cleveland is stacked right now if you really think about it. They now got Odell Beckham. He's now reunited with his LSU wide receiver teammate Jarvis Landry. Uh Nick Chubb who had a hell of a who had had a hell of a rookie year last year as a running back. He's there. Um, They also signed Kareem Hunt, but obviously we don't know what's going to happen with him as it pertains to um, him being on an exempt list from the the domestic violence incident that happened um, earlier this year or late last year. I can't remember off the top of my head, so we don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, Cleveland also has Olivier Vernon. Another player from the giants i'm i' I'm, 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 t- I'm, t- I'm telling you I'm not done with this Giants talk yet because i'm I'm trying to wrap my mind around some of the moves that they've made, but we're gonna speak on that a little bit we're we gonna speak on that a little bit more, but I gotta give Cleveland their props um and i ain't even add, and I ain't even add to the fact that you got Baker mayfield, so Cleveland is looking very promising right now as the new season gets ready to be in motion. I mean, we're only in March. You know, the NFL draft still has to happen. Um there's still other free agents that they can sign, but on paper right now, you can say that the Cleveland Browns are probably the front runners to win the AFC North. And that's very weird to say because Cleveland has been bums for lord knows how long. Um before this season, Um, they had, they had one, what one game you know what I'm saying? In two years prior to last season. So to say Cleveland is the front runner to win the division of the AFC North. That's saying something because Pittsburgh, they're pretty much, I don't know what's going to happen with them. They lost Antonio Brown. Um, Le'Veon just went to the jets. You still got to deal with big Ben. And his non-leadership ass, I don't give a fuck what that general, I don't give a damn what that general manager in Pittsburgh says. Um, Mike Tomlin, I think, I think his, I, I think he, I think he's going to be coaching for his job this upcoming season. So with that being said, you definitely got to have the Cleveland Browns as the front runners for the AFC North. And then on top of that with Baltimore, you know, a lot of the veteran players, they let go. T Suggs, they he he's 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 no longer a Raven. He went home to Arizona. Well, I'm not going to say he went home, but he went to, you know, the school that he um he went to the state that where he played college football at, which is Arizona. So he's playing for the Cardinals. The Bengals is who they are. So they're never to be respected. So having said all of that, again on paper right now, I would have to say that the Cleveland Browns are definitely the front runners to win the the, the AFC North. Now, Having said all of that, now I have to get into the Giants' ass. I have to really, 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 you know, rip them a new one. And here it goes. Hold on, let me get some water because this is going to be serious here. Okay. New York Giants organization. What the fuck are y'all thinking? Like, seriously, what are y'all thinking? You gave up your best player, your most popular player, Odell Beckham. Now, let me just go to last season. 1052 yards, six touchdowns, 14 yards a catch. That's good numbers if you ask me. Now, there were some games he didn't play. He got injured. Um again, like I said, Olivier Vernon is gone. That was a that was another player on your defensive side of the ball. You let him go. Um, he wound up going to the Cleveland Browns. Okay. We now get to Landon Collins, who was one of your top defensive players. You let him test the free agent market. You let him go to Washington, a division rival. He went there for six years, $84 million. His career numbers, he played four seasons with the Giants, 437 tackles, five sacks, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, and eight interceptions. Okay, so here we go here. You let your best player go, your most popular player go, After you just paid him this big contract, a contract that he deserved, you you trade him away. Your best defender, well, I'm not going to say your best defender, but one of your top defenders, especially in the secondary, you let him test the free agent market. You also let him go to a division rival. You let Olivier Vernon go. And on top of all of that, you did all three of those moves, but you still got Eli Manning as your starting quarterback for the New York Giants. Now, I hate to throw, I, I hate to throw this term in there, but this is my podcast, and when I first heard about the Odells shit early yesterday, I definitely had to speak on it, and I definitely had to say something about it. Um can I say a little complexion for the protection for the collection for Eli Manning? Um for anybody out there for for anybody out there that knows OG Paul Mooney, um legendary comedian, the godfather of comedy, you know, who wrote things for Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle and Red Fox. He has a saying out there, complexion for the protection. Um your skin protects you. Do I sense a little bit of that in here? For the reason why Eli Manning is still the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. You gave up all these brothers. Who are key assets to the New York Giants. You gave all these brothers up. But you chose to keep Eli Manning as your starting quarterback. Now. Eli is on the decline. We all know that. Stevie Wonder can see that shit. Ray Charles can see that shit. Eli Manning is on the decline. But yet, you're still willing to go with him. And you gave up these three names that I just gave you who are rather young, if you really think about it. You gave up three young talents, brothers at that. But you keep Eli, the great white hope. Now, again, complexion for the protection. Maybe that's what it is. And then on top of that, you know... You Giants fans... Well, I'm not going to say you Giants fans because I know a lot of you Giants fans are actually pissed with this trade and some of y'all are tied to Eli Manning. So again, I'm going to say it again. Eli Manning is only relevant right now because of those two Super Bowls that he won and because of the family he's a part of. He's a part of the Manning family. Those are the only two things that's keeping him relevant in football right now. If he didn't have those two things... Or even just the two Super Bowl rings. And he wasn't a Manning, he'll just be an average Joe. But right now, he's still an average Joe. But to the football world out there, they're keeping him relevant just off the strength of those two Super Bowl wins and because he's a Manning. The Giants made a terrible move here. A terrible move here. But again, let's see what they do. Because again, they got a first round pick and they got a third round pick. So let's see what they do with this upcoming draft. But I know one thing. If Dwayne Haskins is available at 7th in this upcoming draft, the Giants better pick him. The Giants better pick him. It's time that they start looking towards the future and thinking about, you know, handling their, handling their tides with Eli Manning. Because this is not looking good for the Giants right now. And I just feel bad for Saquon. I truly feel bad for Saquon Barkley. Um, Again, you know what I'm saying? Last year, the Giants could have went after a quarterback, but they drafted him, and he had a hell of a year. But, you know, right now, he's looking to be the savior on the offensive side of the ball, and it's actually kind of a shame because he's on his second year. He's, He's going to be on his second year, and it's not fair to the young fella. But, again, that's what it's looking like. It's looking towards, and... You know, good luck to you, Saquon. That's all I got to say. Good luck to you. But again, as it pertains to the Giants, y'all better do something this draft. Y'all really have to draft Dwayne Haskins. You truly have to draft him. Um, It's time for Eli to sit on the bench, regardless to, you know, them saying they're sticking with him. So with with the team, the way they're stacked right now, if they was to draft Dwayne Haskins it's only a matter of time before Eli fucks up because now that you have lost your, your your best receiver who knows how you're going to play this upcoming season maybe it would be time to officially you know take the keys from Eli and to give it to somebody else but again this don't look good this don't look good you give up three key you give up three of your key players brothers at that to keep Eli, 38 years old, washed up. I'm not even going to say washed up, but, you know, he shouldn't be the starter for the Giants. But you keep him there, and you keep him as a starter, it's that skin. It's that color. He's got the complexion for the protection for the collection. And that's all I got to say about that. That's my analogy on that. You know, I told people I couldn't wait to speak on this topic because I'm going to dig real deep on it. And I had to dig real deep on it. So, you know, it is what it is. Again, Giants, you better do something this draft. But Cleveland, kudos to y'all. If you don't have injuries this season... Y'all might be able to do some great things this season. Y'all might be able to do some great things this season. Again, right now, I have y'all as front runners, as the winners of the AFC North, but let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But the Giants, y'all losing, y'all fans are pissed off, very pissed off. So if you don't want your fans to cross over to liking the Jets or just not liking y'all no more, Y'all better do the right thing draft night. Y'all better do the right thing draft night. If Dwayne Haskins is available, you better draft him. You better draft him. What up? What up? What up? I'm back. Uh, this segment right here, this one right here, is a very, very touching and serious segment for me and a serious topic for me. Um, being a black man, this is a serious this is a serious topic here. Um, when I said that this was gonna be um, the realest episode, if people follow me on my social media pages, uh, I posted some earlier this week where I said that, oh, I can't wait for this episode because this was gonna be the realest episode that I put out. So being that I said this is gonna be the realest one, I gotta stand firm with it. I gotta be, I, I, I gotta get in my bag on this segment Especially this segment right here. Um, Let's just get into it. Um, Salute to my man, Russell Westbrook. Um, OKC Thunder point guard, one of the top players in the league. Uh, I have to commend him. I have to um, respect him. Um, Kudos to you. Uh, The one thing I had a problem with was where he said that he was going to F homeboy's wife up. Um, That was the only issue I have with him. As far as everything else, I have no issue with what Wessel Westbrook did. You just can't let nobody talk to you any certain way and think it's going to smooth out and think it's going to be cool. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, let me just get into it. Uh, Earlier this week, the OKC Thunder had a road game against the Utah Jazz, and there was a video that was put out where Russell Westbrook was going back and forth with a fan in the audience, where he was basically telling the fan, um, "I'll fuck you up." Um, he just kept saying, "I'll fuck you up," you know, "You, I'll fuck you up, you and your wife." Um, but obviously, you know, we was just like at that given moment, we all like everybody else, we all trying to figure out where was Russell coming with this, like what was this whole thing about? Well. It turns out, Russell Westbrook was being interviewed after the game, and uh, Russell Westbrook said that how the fan was telling him, um, get down on your knees like you used to, now, let me just get to this, I've never been to Utah, don't know nothing about Utah, the only thing I know about Utah is Prison Break. Now, for some of y'all that have watched Prison Break, that's the only thing I know about Utah. For those of you that watch Prison Break, they, in season two, you know, Schofield, his brother Lincoln Burroughs, and the rest of the Fox River crew went to Utah to go find this $5 million that a man, an old man, um, Westmoreland, Um, hid in Utah that he told the boys about before he died when they was trying to escape in season one. That's the only thing I know about Utah and that's prison break. Utah, the state of Utah is 89% white. The population in Utah is is almost 90% white. In fact, the entire black population just plays for Utah. So, Obviously, this is a Republican state. And obviously, some of these Republican states just happen to be probably racist states. Let's just call it what it is. Let's just let's just be brutally honest here. Let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not bullshit around it. When you tell somebody. Get on your knees like you used to get down on your knees like you used to. That sounds a bit racist if you ask me. Wouldn't you agree? Now, this, now this same fan, whose name just happens to be Shane Cassell, I hope, I'm, I hope I'm saying it right. In fact, I hope I'm saying it wrong because of the piece of shit person you are. Um, he was interviewed after the game where he said that he was telling Westbrook to put ice on his legs or, you know, something, something to that degree. Within that interview, I can tell he was lying. And then you go back. See this, is, see, see, this is the beautiful thing about social media. You know what I'm saying? You can find out some of the tweets that these people have said before they deleted them. And it just so happens that this guy here is a racist. And he's had issues with Westbrook. This is not his first incident with Russell Westbrook. April 28th, 2018. If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, I'm quite sure that was a playoff game in Utah. Shane tweeted, Westbrook is a piece of classless shit. Somebody needs, somebody needs to kick his ass. Hashtag tool, hashtag poor loser. That's just one tweet. October 6, 2018. I'm, I'm assuming this was a preseason game or whatever the case may be. Russell Westbrook needs to go back where he come from. And then keep this... And here's the kicker. Hashtag M-A-G-A. Now, I know I just got my diploma not too long ago, so I can say I'm a high school graduate. But for all those people out there, the common the, the, the common thing for... M-A-G-A. Who came up with that catchphrase? I do believe it to be this jackass president. This president that we have to deal with. Number 45. I'm not even going to say his name because his name doesn't deserve to come out of my mouth. Um. M-A-G-A. Make America great again. This is what you put in your tweet after you go at Russell Westbrook? So... Here's my thing with this analogy. Here's my my whole thing with this situation here. And this is a message to these fans out there. Just because you paid all this money to come to games, you don't have a right to say some of the outlandish shit that you say. If you want to say I'm trash... Again, I'm not, I'm not in the NBA, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this in a sense as if I was in the NBA. If I was in the NBA, you can call me anything. Just don't say anything racist-like towards me, and we ain't going to have no problem. Because, see, this is my honest-to-God opinion, and I know this is going to ruffle some feathers when I say it, but I just don't give a shit. I think we need to have another malice in the palace. Now, for some of y'all that that listen to this podcast, there was a situation years ago. I believe it was in 2004 where the Malice in the Palace took place, where several Pacer players went in the audience and basically put hands on some fans because some fans were being disrespectful. I remember it was one fan, um, Ron Artest, was laying on the table and a fan threw either beer or he threw a fruit punch drink at him. Artez got up. Went in the audience. Had to yoke him up. Jermaine O'Neill helped out. Steven Jackson helped out. See the thing is with these fans. They think just cause they spend all this money. On these tickets. They could be a part of the action. No you can't. That's bullshit. That's downright bullshit. You paid your hard earned money. To come to the game and witness greatness. That's what you witnessed. That's what you paid to see. You didn't pay there to be a part of the action. You didn't pay there to call players out in racist terms. If you want to say I'm a bum, I'm getting my ass beat, I'm trash, I'm all for it. All for it. But when you start saying shit that's racist-like, oh yeah. I think you need to get some hands put on you because I know for a fact this guy Shane, if he saw if he saw Russell Westbrook in the street, I guarantee you he wouldn't be talking like that. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, I bet all the money in my bank account, which ain't that much, that he wouldn't talk to Russell Westbrook the way he did. See that's the problem with these keyboard gangsters. They get behind a computer or they get behind their phone and they talk all this shit. But then if you see them face-to-face, they're not going to have that talk with you. They're not going to have that same energy. They ain't going to have that same vibe. So, this is what I, this is what I propose. And this, and, and, and this goes to you, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, and you're doing a hell of a job since you've been anointed the commissioner. Something needs to be done to protect these players. Because this is not the first time Russell Westbrook had an issue with a fan. Because not too long ago, a few weeks ago, he had an issue in Denver, even though it was a kid, but he didn't know that until he turned around. It was a game against the Denver Nuggets. He was getting ready to inbound the ball, and he felt somebody touch him. He turned around and realized it was a kid. Now, for that kid, it was a teaching lesson. You can't just come to games and just touch players and and shit be smooth. My issue is with the parents, because not once did they not once did those boy parents sit there and have a talk with him after what Russell book said to him. But see, here's the thing. Those were white parents. They laughing it off. Kiki like shit is smooth. Let that have been a black family that did that. I'm quite sure that black mother and father would have dragged that boy by his hands and did something to him or had a conversation with him. It might have not been on camera, but I bet you she would have had, I bet you they would have had a pep talk with him. So, and again, this is Utah we're talking about. Steven Jackson has had an issue in Utah as well. I remember he was on, I believe it was either First Take, Undisputed, or probably Speak for Yourself. He was on a show where he was speaking about, I believe he was playing for Indiana at the time, or maybe San Antonio. And uh, it was a fan that had a cut-up board of him, like a, like a cut-up board, like a cut-up picture of him in a prisoner suit. Now, Steven Jackson took, he took heed to that. He actually, he actually respected the guy and shit like that for that or whatever the case may be. Me, I don't. I don't respect that. Because me, as a young African-American, it's a shame that that state, Utah, that's how they think of us black people as monkeys, as thugs, as prisoners. And that's what this Shane guy, that's how he feels about Russell Westbrook. It's in the tweets. The tweets said it, the tweets the tweets that I just read said it for yourself. Says it for itself. That that Shane guy is a racist. That's what he is, a racist. Now, to the Utah Jazz defense, it was reported earlier this week that this Shane dude has been banned from future Utah games. And that's good. That's fine with me. But see my thing is this. Russell Westbrook is better than me. He's a lot better than me. Because if I was in the NBA. And I had a falling out with Shane. Or oh, we would have had a problem. And if your wife want to tag along. You're going to get more of a beating. Because she's egging on, she's egging on to it. I'm not going to put my hands on her. Because I don't hit women. But you gotta get you gotta get extra hands because it was it was reported that she was tagging along with it as well. So not only was Shane going at it with Westbrook, his significant other was was tagging along as well. So again, this 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 is just my opinion. I think a wake up call needs to come to these fans. And if another malice in the palace was to happen, I'll be okay with it. Because these fans think that it's okay that they can spend their hard-earned money and come to these games and sit front row and they can say whatever they want to these players and think it's smooth and it's okay. Kevin Durant had an issue with a fan not too long ago. But see, that one I was okay with because the fan didn't say anything out of pocket. This fan right here said something out of pocket to Russell Westbrook. Now, Russell Westbrook can can be somewhat of a loose cannon. But I know one thing. Russell Westbrook ain't no wife beater. He's a family man, from what we see on social media. He loves his wife. He loves his kids. All of that, and he should be very well respected. So when he said what he said in his post game interview, I believed every word he said. And then when they interviewed the other guy, the Shane dude, I, I I knew within the first few words that he was lying. That I knew he was lying. So Adam Silver, you have a big, you have a big agenda on your hand. As it pertains to this upcoming season. What are you going to do to protect these players from fans like this? Because these fans could just say whatever they want and it's okay. But then if you slap them and put hands on them, lawsuits happen. You get fined. You get suspended. You lose endorsements that you got. Nah, come on. Something got to give. So these players need to be protected. See, See, in other sports, the players are protected. The fans are not that close to the game. You know, in baseball, you know, you got a barricade that, you know, shields you from the field. Now, there have been some fans that jumped on the field and wound up getting tackled. You know, in football, you got to jump over something to get across the field. Soccer is the same way. Hockey, you got to get over a glass to get on the ice. See, in the NBA, these fans, there's no barricades. Like, there's nothing, you know... Crossing between the court and the fans. A fan could just get up out their seat and go on the court and do whatever they want. What are you going to do, Adam Silver, to protect these players? Now, again, I I love you as a commissioner. You've done great as a commissioner so far. But this you need to put on your, you need to put this on your to-do list. This should be high on your agenda list. Because, again, this is the second time Russell Westbrook had to deal with this this season. The second time. See, the first time it was a kid. Who's to say who who's to say that the, the outcome would have been different when he turned around and would have been an adult? And then we got this situation with a downright racist. Let's go, Adam Silver. What you gonna do about it? What you gonna do about it? But see, this segment here is serious to me. Real serious to me. Because again, like myself, like like Russell Westbrook, I'm a young African-American, young African-American, and obviously there are Trump supporters out there, and I just said that Utah is close to 90% white, it's a Republican state, and just like Shane, hashtag make America great again, so obviously it's clear you have a racist, you have a racist mindset, if I was Russell Westbrook, I would have had to put hands on him. I'd have had to put hands on him. I probably would have got suspended. Probably would have got a lawsuit on me, but it would have been worth it. There's just certain shit you can't say to me. Get down on your knees like you used to. Go back home where you came from. These are all tweets. These are all tweets. Now, some of them were directed to Westbrook. Some of them weren't. But it just so happens, this guy that he Rustbrook was having this encounter with, you was having it with a racist. It's one thing I don't like in this country, and that's a racist. so off that you gotta get your hands put on you so again, Adam Silver, listen to your boy you gotta you gotta take this, you gotta handle this. you gotta protect these players, something gotta give, but again, Russell Westbrook, I salute you, I respect you for standing your ground um unfortunately, you know, I didn't approve of the whole you know i'll fuck you up and your wife but you know you was pissed off you was angry i know you didn't mean it you was just pissed off with it but homeboy needed to get homeboy needed to get some hands put on him you know what i'm saying he definitely needed to get some hands put on him but i salute you for keeping your calm you're a better man than me um and in and, and this situation i'm team russell westbrook so you know i just had to speak on that real quick and, uh, again, Adam Silver, you got some work to do. Protect these NBA players. You got to put that on your to-do list, man. Put it on your to-do list. What up, what up, what up? I'm back. Um, This, well, this part right here, this segment right here, I got to speak on uh, the defending NBA champs, the Golden State Warriors, and their recent struggles. They're hitting hard times right now, basically. Um, their last 10 games, they've lost six of them. Um, one of those losses was to the Phoenix Suns. You know what I'm saying? They was blown out by the Boston Celtics at home. Another one of those losses was to the Orlando Magic. Another loss was to the Miami Heat. So basically they lost back-to-back Florida games. Um, they lost to the Houston Rockets. Who they'll be playing again soon, um, and they lost to the Portland Trailblazers in a blowout. This is just my personal opinion, and you know, I've been you know I've been saying this for pretty much I've, I've been saying it for pretty much about a month now, as it pertains to speaking to some Warriors fans out there. Well, Warrior fans, like it's actually it's it's actually oxymoron to say Warriors fans because I don't think anybody is really Warriors fans. They're more so bandwagon fans, but I know a few true Warrior fans. Shout out to my man Larry. Um, Shout out to my home girl, Yelena. I used to work with her. Those are probably the only two people that I can think of that are actually true Warrior fans, but I just think, in my personal opinion, they're bored. Um, I just think, you know, I mean, everybody's is, you know, you know, they got their panic button ready to be pressed about what's going on with the Warriors. I just think, in my honest opinion, that they're bored. They're just waiting for the playoffs to start. Um, just I mean, I mean, just think. I mean, just think about it. Just, just go back and well, for me, I can go back to the teams that were on quest for three peats. Um, that was the two years that the Bulls, um went for their three peat. The ninety-three Bulls. Um the 98 Bulls. Um the Lakers when they went for their three peat All three of those years, all, all three of those teams, that third season they went for a three peat. I mean, obviously they had great records, but all three of those years they was going for that spent they was going for that championship. That third year was the season where their record, you know, was the worst out of the three years that they won the championship. And it's looking like it's going to be the same thing with this Warriors team. Again, I just think they're bored. They're waiting for the playoffs. It's the pressure of, you know, having a three-peat. But then again, of course, you know, we can't ignore some of the stuff that's been going on as it pertains to the players. Obviously, we know what happened earlier this season with KD and Draymond having their little... You know, tantrum on the bench, but that was earlier this season. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, there's Warrior players um, and Warrior fans that feel like, you know, KD has one foot in the door and one foot out, you know, as free agency, you know, commence at the end of the season. Is he staying or is he going? Um, KD is currently out right now with an ankle injury. So, obviously, he won't be playing, you know, against Houston, um, so you know you, gotta th- you know you gotta you know you got you know you got throw those things in there. Just recently, Draymond and Steve Kerr had a little falling out. Um, obviously, if you read Steve Kerr's lips, you know he basically was saying that how um, he's getting tired of Draymond's shit. Basically, he's tired of Draymond and his shit and his bullshit. I'm just paraphrasing here. So it's a lot of issues that's going on right now with the Warriors this month so far. In four games, Steph Curry is only averaging 22 points a game, shooting 40% from the field, 34% from the three-point line. That ain't the Steph Curry that we know. That ain't the Steph Curry that we know and love. Now, again, it's just March. You know, they've only played four games. Um, they have an upcoming game against Houston. Um, Steph said that that game right there, they can make a statement that game. And basically, they can. Because I believe so far this will be the third meeting with Houston. And uh, both games so far this season, Houston has beat them. Um, In fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, both games were in Golden State. And Houston has won both of them. And this will be the third one. And Houston is one of those teams that's not afraid of Golden State. You You know, they're one of the teams that if you look down the Western Conference right now, Besides OKC, in my personal opinion, Houston is that other team that's not scared of Golden State. You know, they were one win away last year from beating them in the Western Conference Finals. You have those who say, oh, if Chris Paul played, you know, they they, would have beat Golden State. Well, if it was a fifth, we all be drunk. Injuries happen. It winds up happening. you know, injuries happen. They still were supposed to execute and Houston didn't. They choked, plain and simple. Um, Bad coaching as usual in the playoffs as it pertains to that guy who's the head coach, who I won't say his name. Um, James Harden didn't show up in, the, in, in, in crunch time when he needed to, which has happened rapidly in the playoffs when it pertains to him. So everybody can make all the excuses in the world about, you know, Houston beating Golden State. Well, supposedly supposed to beat them last year. It didn't happen. Now, will it happen this year? Who knows. But again, this is just my personal opinion. I truly think the Golden State Warriors are bored. They're tired of the regular season. They're ready for the playoffs. But I will say this, though. Clay Thompson, so far, this month, averaging 34 points a game, 50% from the three-point line. I get it. He's only played in two games because he was just hurt not too long ago. A little minor injury, but... If he's gonna be putting up this, if, if if he's gonna be putting up these points, shit, let's see what happens with Golden State. Because again, KD is hurt for the time being. Who knows how long he's gonna be out? So if Clay can keep getting in the groove and averaging these amount of points this month, it should be very interesting. Boogie is Boogie. Um, he's putting up, you know, he ain't putting up the numbers that we're familiar with. But of course, the man is still coming off of an Achilles injury still um they're they're definitely trying to get him involved um he's had some problems recently as it pertains to the refs um i know it was one incident where the nba they rescinded um a technical foul that they gave him they just gave it to him basically off his rep basically he did nothing wrong you know he threw a shoe um he threw an opponent's shoe to the bench which nothing was wrong with it. Maybe at the way he threw it, maybe it was an issue. But, of course, he's not trying to get himself hurt or get somebody else hurt. And, you know, they gave him a tech, but obviously the NBA reviewed it and they took it back or whatever because he did no wrong. But, again, this is just my personal opinion. Um, Everybody is talking about what's going on with the Warriors. Now, yes, they've had some issues during this season. And, again, I just reiterated some of them. But in my personal opinion, I just truly think that they're bored, they're tired of the regular season, they're ready for the postseason to start, and they're ready to, and they're ready to truly defend their championship. And they'll go and they're on and they're trying to go on quest to go for a three-peat. So that's just my personal opinion. I think they're bored. Let's stop being worried. Me personally, I really don't want them to win the championship. Personally, if this is gonna be the last season. That this team is together. Shit, I want them to lose. I don't want them to win no 3P. Fuck that shit. You know what I'm saying? See, when the Bulls won their 3P, see, I was a Bulls fan. You know what I'm saying? So, there were rumors at that time that this might be the last ride for the Bulls. Because, of course, you know, Phil Jackson was having this issue with the front office. So, there was rumors already out that he wasn't coming back. This was before social media and all that shit. But again, there were rumors going around that, oh, Phil may not be back. Jordan already let it be known that if Phil ain't coming back, he ain't coming back. Um, Robin, you know, Robin was Robin. Pip was Pip. So eventually, we pretty much knew that at the end of the 98 season, this might be the end for the Bulls. Is they going to end it with a championship? And they did that. Now again, I was a Bulls fan. And of course, I was Team Mike. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna find that many people out there that is truly Team Mike besides me. I don't wear sneakers. I don't support the sneakers, but I do support his game on the court. And he's the GOAT, the true GOAT. But that's neither here nor there. Let's stick to the Warriors. And I just I again like I just truly think that they're bored and they're waiting for the play and they're waiting for the playoffs so they can go on their little mark. But, again, I truly, deep down inside, I don't want them winning the championship. I want this season to come crashing down on them if this is truly the last ride for them. As, you know, Clay is up for free agency, Draymond is up for free agency, so is Durant. Obviously, Boogie is going to be up for free agency. So, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Warriors as the rest of the season goes on. Um, It's interesting to see if they can snap out of this little skit that they're in right now. Um, It all starts with Houston. Um, They have a game coming up soon. They have a game actually today against Houston. So Steph Curry said they can make a statement this game. He's absolutely right. They can make a statement this game. Now, is it a positive statement or is it a negative statement? Only Tom Mattel. But again, I have to just keep saying it. I just think in my personal opinion... I just think they're bored with the regular season, and I just think that they're ready for the postseason. They're just ready. Um, will they be a number one seed? Will they be a number? Will they be a number two seed? Only time will tell. Um, last year they gave up the number one seed. They let Houston have it. They didn't care for the number one seed because they already knew. If they had to play a game seven on the road in the conference finals, they believed in themselves that they can go there and win. And they did that. And I truly think they're going to have that same mentality this year. I don't think they're gunning for the number one seed. If they was to get it, cool. If they don't, cool. But chances are they could probably get either one or two. Denver's looking real good right now, but I don't take them seriously. I don't take them as a serious threat in the playoffs. So who knows? Maybe they'll let them get the number one seed. So if they was to meet them in the playoffs, you know, they can, you know, wax that ass. But again, I just think they're bored. They're waiting for the playoffs. I know I keep saying that, but I I just think that's the God honest truth. I truly think that's what it is. You know, there's a lot of teams that can have this much drama and prosper through it. And you can't be two time champ, three championships in four years without having all of this drama and get through it. And if any team can do it, I truly think it's the Warriors. But we shall we shall see. Only time will tell. But um again, they can make a statement, you know, against the Houston Rockets. Um and let's see and they can make a statement with the Houston Rockets and get back on the positive get back on the positive track as the regular season keeps going on. So again, only time will tell. Only time will tell with the Warriors. Um, in the words of um, Aaron Rodgers, a few years ago, when people was you know talking about the Green Bay Packers, he just spelled out he just out one simple word, five letters, R E L A X. Relax, relax, just relax. And that's what I'm going to tell NBA fans out there and Warrior fans as it pertains to what's going on with their team. Relax, relax, relax. They'll be fine. Just relax. Just relax. What up? What up? What up? I'm back. And this segment here, this is pretty much going to be the final segment for this episode. Um... I had to speak on this because one of my boys I grew up with, my man Jay, was telling me to speak on it and I told him that I'll do it uh the week before it goes down. I ain't want to speak on it, you know, earlier that you know I'll do it, you know, you know the week of the event and that event basically what I'm going to be speaking about is the upcoming um boxing match that's going down this weekend at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Well, Arlington, Texas. Uh, we got ourselves a we got ourselves a a huge pay per view fight coming this weekend with uh, Errol Spence Jr. and Mikey Garcia uh, in the welterweight division. Um, this can be this this can be a fight of the year candidate. Uh, I know we're only in March, but it's a, it's a good look for boxing to have. A great match this early within the year. Um, we know who Arrow Spence is. He's the boogeyman in the division. Um, basically, nobody wants to fight him. You know, there've been some names out there who've been ducking from him. Keith Thurman, um, Mikey Garcia, who's a hell of a who's who's a hell of a fighter. Um, he's actually moving up two weight classes just to just to go at arrow spence and go after his title or whatever so just off of that we gotta give mikey garcia respect he's the current lightweight champ um i believe that is i believe that's the 135 weight class so he's moving up two weight classes which is 147 to go at arrow spence and his welterweight championship so we gotta um so we gotta give mikey garcia kudos and we gotta give him respect for that these two guys both are on the pound-for-pound pound list. They're both in the top 10. Um, Mikey Garcia is fifth on the pound-for-pound pound list. Errol Spence is sixth on the pound-for-pound pound list. Both guys are undefeated. So, basically, um, I don't know which ring announcer says it, but, you know, before the fight starts, he always says somebody's always got to go. Well, on Saturday, one of these two guys, one of their O's is going to turn into a one. So, it's going to be an interesting fight um i can't wait for it um the welterweight division obviously is stacked you have a lot you have a lot of guys in that weight class that i'm gonna speak on later but just with this fight here um again we got to give mikey garcia respect um he's moving up two weight classes to go against errol spence there's been plenty of people in his camp that actually didn't want him to take this fight his own brother which is his trainer robert garcia who's by far, one of the best trainers in the game, his own brother felt like he he, he shouldn't have took this fight or whatever the case may be. Arrow um, Spence is the hometown hero. Um, he's from Texas. well, he's from Dallas. Um, well, he's from a suburb not too far from Dallas, so you know he's you know he's on Cloud nine right now that he's he's able to live out his dream and have a home fight in Dallas um obviously that's home of the cowboys so part of me wants him to lose because he's because he's you know a cowboy fan but i'm gonna get into that on who i think is gonna win later on um this match here is tough to call like i can't like i can't even i i I can't even lie this this match is tough to call i've watched both of these guys for quite some time um i i knew mikey garcia Longer than I've known, er- I've known Errol Spence, but both guys are formidable, formidable fighters. They both have speed. They both have amazing defense. Um, their timing is good. Their ring ship is on point. Both guys, so it's very hard for me to pick and choose on who I think is gonna win. But obviously, I have to pick a winner. I can't be on this neutral type shit. That's not me. You know what I'm saying? Even if I am somewhat neutral, I have to pick a winner. So I'm gonna pick a winner in a few. Um I will say this though. Um Errol Spence, he will have the height advantage in this match. Um he's five nine. Um Mikey Garcia is five six. So obviously, if you're like for people that follow boxing, if you got the height advantage, there's one key to this match. You gotta get that jab moving. You gotta, you, you you got you got you gotta get that jab pumping. Being that you got the height advantage, he has the reach on him. Arrow Spence have a, has a seventy-two inch reach, and uh, Mikey Garcia has a sixty-eight. Ha, ha, he has a sixty-eight. Um, speed-wise, the dead eat honestly. They're kind of dead even to me, but I'm going to give the slight edge to Errol Spence as it pertains to the speed. Defense, I've seen Mikey Garcia take some hits. Um, I- I- I've seen him take some hits to the chin, so I haven't really seen Errol Spence that much in a fight where, you know, He's on the defense and he's backing up on the ropes and taking some hits. I've seen Mikey Garcia in that situation before. So off of that aspect, I'm going to give the edge to Errol Spence. As far as heart, I'm going to give that to Mikey Garcia. You know, you know them Mexican fighters. They got Mexican pride. You know how they give it up. And just off the strength of you moving up two weight classes to try to conquer your fifth division, I got to give you nothing but respect right there. Any fighter that steps in that ring, you got to give them the ultimate respect because it takes one bad hit and bam, you're out of there. You know, we've all seen these fighters, you know, who have been in fights. um, Don't make it out. You know what I'm saying? Whether their career whether their career is over or sad to say that they, they've they passed on from the injuries, that they, from the blows that they've taken to the head or whatever. But I will say this, though. This is one thing that Errol Spence has in his defense that people don't really talk about. He's knocked out all his opponents whose reach is under 70 inches. So every fighter who he stepped in the ring with, obviously some of the fighters that he stepped in the ring with, well, the majority of them, he's had the reach advantage on them. If their reach is not 70 inches, well, if their reach is not 70 inches, he's knocked them out. Mikey Garcia is a 68. Will history repeat itself in this fight? Only time will tell. Um, they've they, they've they've traded their little jabs with each other, you know, during their press conferences. You know, I've been able to catch some of the press conferences, whether I've been on YouTube or if they've showed them on TV or whatnot. These guys have enormous respect for each other, um, but obviously, of course, you know, shit is gonna be thrown at each other, or whatever, and uh, you know, Mikey Garcia's brother um, Robert Garcia feels like Errol Spence is cocky and he's arrogant. I mean, he's undefeated. He should feel that way. You know, you know, you know, we, you know, you know, we had an undefeated fighter not too long ago who was cocky and arrogant for the longest and that would be Money Mayweather. You know what I'm saying? So if you're undefeated, you know, nobody is beating you. You have every reason in the world to be cocky. You have every reason in the world to be arrogant. Um, maybe it's cause he's a cowboy fan. You know, who knows? Maybe, you know, you don't, you know, maybe that's why he's cocky and arrogant. But Errol Spence is the truth. Um, I know Errol Spence has said that, you know, he's going to, I'm paraphrasing here that after this fight, you know, his brother's going to wish that he didn't take this fight. So, of course, you know, they're throwing their little jabs at each other here and there. So, again, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait for this fight. Um... Unfortunately, I'll be at work, so I'm going to have to rush home or I'm going to have to find a bar or find a, find a lounge somewhere by my job so where I can catch this fight or I might have to, you know, try to find an app or whatever to where I can stream it and catch it or whatever. So hopefully, I'll be able to do that. But having said all of that, I have to pick a winner. I've done all this talking. I have to pick a winner and I pick... Drum roll, please. I am going to pick, and this is a tough one. This is a real tough one. I'm going to go with Errol Spence. I'm going to pick him to win in a close fight, a real close fight. I just think that off of moving up two classes I think that right there is probably going to take a little bit of... I I think that's going to hurt Garcia towards the end of the match. Probably in the beginning. Obviously, in the beginning of the match, you know what I'm saying, it's going to be a little, you know, they're going to be testing each other out and things of that nature. Obviously, Errol Spence, like I said before, he has the the height advantage. So the key to this match is going to be him throwing that jab. But obviously, when you throw that jab and you don't land it, Mikey can come with that hook. Mikey has an amazing hook and so does Errol Spence. Both of these guys, they both can punch. They both they both got great feet. They both have great hooks. So this match is going to be this match is going to be a doozy. This is definitely going to be a fight of the year candidate. And uh I'll say this much. If Mikey Garcia winds up winning, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch, but I will say this though. Whoever wins this match, I want them to go against Terrence Crawford next. I'm sorry. Like, Terrence Crawford, he's been wanting a big-time match for the longest. And I think the winner of this match, if Errol Spence wins, because if Errol Spence wins, then he don't owe Mikey a rematch. If Mikey wins, then Mikey obviously owes him a rematch because it's for Errol's title. But if Spence wins this, I believe his next match If this, when, before this year's out, if he's able to, you got to go against Terrence Crawford. You know what I'm saying? There was a video that was put out a few months ago that I put on my Instagram page, Dre Day 1985, where they was going back and forth with each other backstage at a fight that they both was at. I forgot the match it was. I believe it was probably um, Wilder and Fury. You know, they was backstage going at it with each other. These are two amazing fighters Two undefeated fighters, two brothers in the welterweight class. Why not go against each other? But that's only if Errol Spence can win this match with Mikey Garcia. It's not gonna be an easy match. Both guys. It's gonna be interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna be interesting. Both of these guys are fighting for something. Both of these guys are fighting for respect. Um Errol Spence, obviously he's fighting for his because again, like I said, he's the boogeyman in the other weight class. You know, nobody in the weight class wanted to fight him. It took for a guy two classes below to come up to fight him. So, obviously, they have enormous respect for each other. So, again, this is going to be an interesting match. It's for Errol Spence's welterweight championship. It's going down this Saturday, this weekend, at A&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. It's a pay-per-view fight. It's a, it's on a PBC card. It's a pay-per-view match, and I believe it's de- it's deserving of a pay-per-view. So again, having said all of that, I got Errol Spence winning. Uh, I can say, I can say by decision. I don't see Mikey Garcia getting knocked out. Um, I would like to see somebody get knocked down, but I I I don't see somebody. I don't see anyone getting knocked out. I'll be shocked if one of them get knocked out. But I believe. Spence will win and I believe Spence will win in the decision so that's pretty much a wrap up for that segment and it's a pretty much it's a wrap for this episode your boys gotta go gotta get up out of here gotta handle some things gotta run some errands so again I want to thank you for anybody out there for everybody out there that listens to my podcast I want to keep extending my thank yous it's very appreciated. I can't. I cannot thank y'all enough. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. Um, I appreciate it. Um, whether it's on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Subscribe my podcast. Whether it's on Spotify, subscribe my podcast. Um, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast. Um, just subscribe to my podcast. Or you can also download the Anchor app. Hit that favorite button. The favorite button is basically you subscribing to my podcast as well. So having said all of that, this has been another episode of Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. I'm also going to be putting my podcast episodes like I have always do. I always put them on my social media pages. On Facebook, you can look me up. Dre Day, D-R-A-Y, space D-A-Y. Twitter, Instagram, it's the same handle. Dre Day, D R A Y. D-A-Y, 1985. Until next time, peace and love, world. Peace and love. I'm out of here.